0: Okay, welcome Singerville's Google Hangout on the eleventh of July, um, and let's just go through who we've got available to talk today. Well, There's me, Neil Singer. We have Del Henry. Hello. We have Richard Wolfred. Good morning. We have our man in Scotland, Graham Wardell. Good morning. And we have a very special guest today, Russell Quirk. Founder of EMove. Hi, good morning. Glad to be here. And, and um, what we often do is talk about the market. As you know, we're CPD accredited, so anybody watching will get CPD points. You just got to contact us afterwards, and uh, we will send you a certificate. Remember to sign up to the YouTube channel for Singivio and you'll get notifications of everything um, we're selling and our Google Hangouts and any videos we post. Right, Russell. Hello, Russell. Hello. What I thought, what I thought we would do today is, as as it's great to have you, and I know, I think quite a bit about the uh, the online. Well, I think I know a bit about the online agents. I follow it very closely. What we normally do Let, is let's talk see. about deals. Let's see. Yes, but <laughs> well, what we normally do is talk about deals first of all. But actually, it's so good for you to join us. Um, I I I just thought we'd give you the floor. Really, can I ask you some? but questions just to get going. And by all means, throw in yeah. anything you like. Throw okay. anything. Yeah, yeah, sure. Look,
1: I'm, look, I'm, look, we'll, we'll freestyle, huh?
0: Freestyle, yes. I actually, I did see a very interesting, um, I must show you something, which, which I, I did find actually online, which I think you'll, you'll, you'll like this one. It's look not one of my I'm, horrible
1: quotes that's been yes. completely taken out of context. Yes, it? look. It says, yeah.
0: why my firm is worth millions. You see wow. that? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Talk about that a bit if you want. Yeah, delighted, delighted. Anyway, so tell us about eMove. What is e- for, I mean, for people who don't know, can you tell us what what is eMove?
1: Uh, yeah, look, eMove is an estate agent, pure and simple. Uh, we're different to high street agents in that we're, I guess, what you would call disruptive. So the proposition that we have compared to, let's say, a traditional high street estate agent is uh, is kind of.
0: Oh, why is he frozen? You still hear me, yeah. Sorry, you froze slightly for the moment,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. It's an incoming call. I've had to resort to my iPhone instead of my MacBook, and um, so I'm, I'm now at the behest of people trying to get a hold of me. So
0: don't worry, I carry it, Will. If you if you freeze, will we'll deal with it accordingly. You always that... oh, he's gone again. No, no, I'm still here, I'm still here, I'm still here. Um, so
1: there are three ways that we're different, I guess, to High Street Estate. Agents. So one is that we charge a fixed fee, so there's no percentage, there's no commission. It's a fixed fee where everybody pays the same. So currently that's £795. That's that's our value proposition, if you like. Um, the fee saving, I mean, there's a, a big argument, a big debate going on in the sector right now insofar as what traditional estate agents actually charge. Uh, somebody in Newcastle selling stuff at 100k, obviously going to be very, very different to an agent in Hammersmith or in Kensington and Chelsea selling stuff at millions. But the wisdom seems to be that an average estate agency fee across the UK is about 1.3%. So based on our average selling price of about 300k, um, it's roughly speaking, it's about three and a half to £4,000 that someone would ordinarily pay. And Obviously, we're, we're saving them uh, a multiple of that. Yeah. The second part of our proposition is our customer service. Now, everyone talks about customer service. Uh, I think it's fair to say that estate agents are not exactly renowned for high levels of customer service, but we are. We're currently the number one estate agent in the UK, as defined by allagents.co.uk, the UK's largest property review website. So in terms of what our customers say about us, we are the best, simple, uh, simple as that. So that's very much part of our proposition. Then the other thing is the technology. Now, this online estate agency label is quite interesting because although there are a number of participants in our space actually only a couple of us really have any technology or what I would say is proper proprietary platform technology that's been built from scratch so us on purple bricks frankly so we are a technology aided business uh, the platform that we've built which we've spent about three million pounds on over the last couple of years uh, is pretty defining pretty transformative we think in that uh, it allows an element of self-serve although our proposition is not about self-serve particularly when it comes to things like offer negotiation sales progression and so on but very much what we've done is yeah. to identify what the customer wants to do for themselves and what we believe and the customer agrees we should be doing manually to help them. So I I can talk about that in some more detail if you want in terms of what those definitions
0: are. Yeah I've actually what we can do is um we can share I can share a screen, I can show people the agency. I mean they can go onto eMove directly I'm sure. So it might I can always, if there's any particular areas you want me to direct people to, they can have a look. But I, I, I'm quite interested hmm. in the um you mentioned purple bricks actually, because there's a few. There's quite a few estate. There's quite a few online agencies sort of kicking around, aren't there? There's um, yeah, yeah. Can yeah. I?
1: There's 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 about six or seven meaningful ones. There's a few that do small volume, but there's probably twenty or thirty, which which actually is not that many when you consider there's twenty six thousand estate agency branches in the UK, sales and that.
0: Can I, okay, can I ask you um, a couple of things that I, which I thought would be quite interesting for people um, watching? is How did you come up with the idea of eMove?
1: Uh,
0: I first came up
1: with the idea in 2006. I bought a domain name, which I still own, which was futureagent.com. Uh, I was uh, very keen to explore the possibility of estate agency as a service going the same way as travel, insurance, recruitment, and so on had. Uh, it was evident to me that because of the power of right move so right move at that time was about six years old really gaining traction that ultimately people were not visiting estate agency branches anymore and that i thought that there was a huge economy of scale that could come from having all of an agent's inventory in one place and therefore there'd be a saving in terms of premises and staff and that saving could be passed on to the consumer so the idea actually is about 11 years old but look we weren't the first i mean there were I think when we launched in 2009, there were a couple of people that were doing uh, what we intended to do, kind of by coincidence, really. Are they still um, around? Um, yes-ish. Um, House Network were the first, so they're still around, uh, although they've seen some changes in their business, I think, recently. Hatched, were they preceded us, but Adam Day left that business, i enough, announced this week. That was taken over by Connells two years ago, and Adam... Uh, for whatever reason, decided to leave that business this week. So Hatch is still around but they're really now a division of Connells and um, I think I would argue, and I don't want to put words in Adam Day's mouth, but uh, I would argue maybe he would agree that that business is perhaps not quite the same as it was conceptualised as being 11 it, or 12 years ago now.
0: Is it, Hatch the one um, where they offer to buy your house?
1: No, that's nested. That's Matt Robinson. Mm-hmm. It's a that's whole different ballgame. We can talk about that as well. I met Matt last week, funnily enough, and I had a interesting conversation with him about his business model
0: yeah I, I've got views about that actually i will be very careful what
1: I say <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's a really interesting concept in the US actually the nested concept uh, in the US there are two businesses one's called, Nest, um, one's called open door and one's called knock uh, open door have raised a quarter of a billion that's with a b wow. a quarter of a billion dollars to expand that business model across the US
0: are you going to go outside the UK you think um,
1: we're certainly approached on a regular basis by potential joint venture partners that want us to. So we've we've been talking to people in the US, Argentina, South Africa, and the Far East about our model, our brand, and also about our technology. So there's a possibility that we could use our technology and or our brand as a joint venture partner with established property businesses in other territories. We, we're thinking about whether we go down that route or whether we do what Purple Bricks have done, which is to... You know, do a full fat, you know, full blown launch in uh, in another territory. So, i.e., Australia, the US, etc.
0: Can I can I ask you um, the tech side? You said you've got, you said you've invested three million in tech, um, and uh, some yeah. of the others have, I suppose, also. I mean, for someone who's not a residential agent, the the online agencies that I think are good, appear good, are of course, are like eMove, of course, of course, Purple Bricks, which I've just watched their share price go up and up. And um, Yopa. Yopa seems to be quite an interesting business. And I, I have watched how simple they've got, because you see their advert on TV. So those, those really seem to me to be the ones that are leading the, um, the charge. I, 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 but I don't know if the tech behind each company is different. Or... It is. <laughs> it very much is i would so, be very interested to know how are you. If if, if, well, if you, let, can, let's, yeah, let me to explain
1: start? what the differences are. So, and, and, and this is my view, right? So it's based on you know fact and evidence as far as we see it. But look, it, it's some of the points I make were are, are arguable. Uh, Purple bricks have got a platform, a platform that they built from scratch. They built that platform before they launched the consumer. Uh, we have developed our platform in conjunction with the consumer so we think there's a big difference there actually in terms of the user experience um, then uh, there is yopper who have an almost identical kind of approach to purple bricks really in that their business model their proposition is the same however their technology is built around salesforce so salesforce are you know uh, a, a a third-party software provider that allows you to adapt your software development around their core Salesforce so it's a great is, yeah, business
0: it's a CRM system isn't
1: it yeah so great yeah. but it means that you're at the behest of another business and you go and oh, build technology around somebody else um, yeah so so there's a difference there um, Yoppa's approach seems to be to try and put the buyer and the seller much more in direct contact with each other now We don't think that an agent should step out of the way completely. We think that the agent should enable the seller and buyer to do things better. So what Yoppa appear to be doing is to allow viewings to be arranged directly between a viewer and a seller viewing feedback to go directly between the two and indeed offer negotiation to go directly between the two. We, we simply uh, don't think that's uh, optimal. So, okay. so that, there's a big difference there. How simple are very similar to Yoplin in that respect, but how simple we don't think have built anything in the way of technology. So very recently they were still working on Excel spreadsheets and so on. So they, they, to our knowledge, don't have a proper proprietary technology platform. So there are significant differences between all of the players in the sector. Some, I don't think, can even be labelled to have even a whiff of technology about them really um, if you haven't built a platform a minimal viable product that works then you can't be a tech business uh, or even a tech enabled business
0: do you, i don't know if you saw today but purple bricks announced that they're recruiting loads of these local property experts because they want they, they can have. do you have local do you do the same model do you have local people or do you run it from an from your central office
1: so we do have people out on the road, yes. So we only have a pilot scheme running at the moment, so there's only half a dozen of them. Uh, but that half a dozen are employed, whereas the Purple bricks Yopper model is to use what we call the gig economy, so self-employed people that um, we don't think is, again, as optimal because those people don't work for the business. They therefore have no obligation to that business apart from being a self-employed contractor. So they could be you know, driving a cab on a Monday, selling... Okay ice creams on a Tuesday and valuing homes for Purple Bricks or Yopper on a Wednesday. Now, I'm not, not suggesting that's always the case, and I'm sure some of those guys are busy enough for the Purple Bricks role to be a full-time role. But our view is that if those, if those local property experts, as we call them, are employed, then they are much more bedded into the business in terms of culture, compliance, uh, and so on. So we, we think employed is the, the way forward. We also think that there's been a few rulings recently from... Uh, that have affected Uber, Deliveroo, and others, where people within the gig economy may well have full employment rights, which means that they have the right to take that business to a tribunal for unfair, yeah. you know, unfair dismissal, uh, sexual discrimination. Uh, or indeed for recompense around holiday and sick pay. Now, if that were to happen with a, to a Purple Bricks with 400-odd local property experts, mm-hmm. I mean that, that could impact their, their cost base, their bottom line. So we, we think that that's potentially a bit of a risk for Purple Bricks and Yoppa that you solely yeah. self-employed local
0: so, property so experts. Okay, so with you guys, so somebody wants to buy a house, they talk to your agents in your office or maybe locally. So it's an agency yeah. role, it's just that you haven't got a high street branch.
1: Yeah, so we, we've got an internal sales team which deals with the majority of inquiries and listings, but we also have some people in some parts of the country in pilot form that will go out actually and do the face-to-face speculative valuation, the photos, the floor plan, and so on. So it is kind of a mixture, uh, but we do intend to cover the whole of the UK with face-to-face yeah. listing negotiators, ultimately.
0: Okay, so um, so okay, so it's interesting. So the business is not all about technology, which is... Which is um, interesting. So, what I'm just trying, just for everyone watching, so what is, what is different about eMove compared to the other um, online agencies, or are you merely all competing? Is there a, is there a different well,
1: proposition? We, we are competing, of course. So, I'm competing with Yopper, Purple Bricks, and so on. You know, if someone Googles sell my house online, they're going to see a Purple Bricks ad, an eMove ad, and a Yopper ad. So, yes, we are competing, but we're really competing with the high street, frankly, which still has 94% of the UK estate agency market, so that's that's what we're gunning for. The difference between us and the others is that we think that we have worked out, and that this is where my 18 years estate agency experience comes in, which, you know, perhaps is not shared by my competitors. We think we understand better the role that human beings should play in the process, particularly around off-negotiation, buyer qualification, and sales progression. So, The the good bits of the old model, which are the valuation, the offer negotiation, the sales progression, and the buyer qualification, making sure that the buyer's got a chain that's complete, making sure the buyer's actually got an agreement in principle that if they say they've got cash, that we check that. As we understand it, many of our competitors simply don't do that. They try and check a chain with some of our online competitors. you will find it very difficult to do that. Uh, Verifying that a buyer actually is ready, willing, and able, this is the old phrase. Uh, Let's just say that some of our online competitors... By our contention, to not do that uh, either at all, or in the same way that we do. So we're we're blending very much the old and the new. We we are the archetypal hybrid estate agent. Best of the old, best of the new.
0: Okay, I, I'm going to tell you my <clears throat> I'm going to tell you my view of high street estate agents, and you can uh, you can throw in. I've I've been following the um, the debate for years. I mean, I don't know. Our agency, our, we're commercial, so we're not in the residential space. But we went online from two thousand and six onwards, and we were not liked by the um, agency community in London because they thought that we were trying to disintermediate them. And we were. We were just. We just saw the business world changing. The the high street estate agent i cannot understand how the high street estate agent doesn't think that their world is changing they carry on with this business about well we provide a superior service because we've got a high street and you can walk into our high street branch and what they don't seem to understand in my view and i'm completely behind the online model is the world of communication is so much easier than it ever was you can engage with people on your phone you don't you have live chats you have i mean if you fill up Sky now, you can have a Sky technician in a little booth talking to you on a, on a live feed. Yeah. You, don't need to, you don't actually need to be standing next to someone in order to provide them with the identical services you can provide online. I've got, I regularly have meetings on Skype with people 6,000 miles away. So mm-hmm. I don't understand why the high street estate agent is convinced that they can still get away with charging one and a half to 2% just because they've got a high street office. I just don't get it. I don't understand why they can't see
1: it. Well, the, the, the justification for a high street agent's fee is the public justification is you pay more, you get more, which we're disproving. So you know, if you look at the e-move numbers versus the high street, we sell a home five days faster than the average high street estate agent according to Zoopla's API. And we also achieve a 2% greater price versus asking price than the average. So it's there is no data whatsoever that will demonstrate that the average high street agent outperforms the average online estate agent because actually you can argue that we're all about the same but some of us have an edge over others the reason that high street agents will try to justify their fee is not based on that fee being representative of service but simply because that fee is representative of their overheads so if you have an office that costs you twenty thousand pounds a month because you choose to have that office maybe 10 of them maybe 100 of them then the cost of that office, which obviously goes up and up and up in terms of rent rates, utilities, staff, and so on, you simply have to justify your fee because you have to pay those overheads. So it's got nothing to do with service. And and actually, why are we the UK's number one estate agent for customer service, according to the UK's biggest review website? Because we treat our customers better than Foxton's and Countrywide and others. So, you know, it's the the rocks that are thrown at eMove and Purplebricks and others I'm afraid, actually, that what's happened over the last two or three years is the criticisms from some of the more Luddite estate agents in the sector have actually helped us arm ourselves with a way of better defending against those those charges, those allocations. So we, we now have the data that shows that you won't get less if you sell through eMove, you won't sell slower, you won't have less chance of selling, you won't get worse service. So the reality is, look, not only is online a thing, it's growing. So the, the numbers from right show The online estate agents and hybrid agents had a market share of 2.4% in 2014. We now have a 6.2% market share. Sounds small, but Mm -hmm. when you're doubling in size every two years, just extrapolate that out for the next four, six, eight years. Mm. When it gets to 20%, which it will, the same as has happened in insurance and travel and recruitment and grocery and e-commerce and everything, um, that's kind of where it's going to go.
0: Yeah, I it's interesting, isn't it? You see, I, 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 my view on, um, if I can give some feedback on looking at all the online agencies, and you said it earlier, you said something, which actually, I haven't heard an online estate agency say before, is that the marketing is very much, will save you X thousand pounds. And you just said that actually you provide, you've got one of your propositions is you save you money, but also you provide service, quality of service. Better. Be- yeah, better. okay, better service. Because one of the, okay, the most, I could say purple bricks, for example, who, they've got a big checkbook, they're in the press, they're in the press a lot. People are always knocking purple bricks, particularly. And and they're you and they are still relatively new businesses. And quality of service gets better as businesses mature. So just because you're online doesn't mean your service will be any any worse. And as you say, it's the modern ways you should get better. My only the only thing is I don't see the online agencies um focusing on quality of service when they market themselves they seem to focus on saving fees on this on the uh, sale and I actually I do think it's very much both if you're interesting, if I spoke to a solicitor just the other week who we were doing some work with and she said she just sold her house to one of the online agencies and she said it was great it was great so it, it it's it's in some ways if you get that message across quality of service High, you're going to yeah. kill the high street in no time yeah and, and I, no, really, I think
1: you, we I really believe that
0: yeah we do try to get that
1: across if you look at our site and purple bricks we talk about you know our review ratings we have lots lots of customer reviews you, you don't see that on traditional estate agency websites they they probably don't know what trustpilot is some of them less them. Um, so when it comes to case studies uh, reviews and the quality of service that we deliver we we do try and articulate that uh, but all of our research actually shows that it, it is the fee saving, so saving two, three, four, five thousand uh, pounds or seventy thousand pounds, as one of our customers did, having sold in North London very recently versus uh, using us versus Foxton's. So, you know, the, the fee saving is probably the most compelling part of our proposition. Customer service is something that I'm obsessed about, and it's what the new business has grown on. The problem with customer service is that customers expect it, so they don't believe it's a differentiator. And they probably don't know how bad their experience could be using you know, some agents. Um, so so it, it's, it's a difficult one. And, and almost if you say, hey, look, we're great, aren't we? We're brilliant. The consumer takes that with a bit of a pinch of salt. So it, it's a hard thing to articulate
0: mm, actually in a marketing mm. message. Mm, okay. Right, I've got a couple of questions for you. Let's, let's see. What do you think of Savile's investment in Yopa?
1: Clever. Really clever. Um, the two reasons. A, because I think it's, they say it's a pure investment play. So the fact that they, along with the Daily Mail General Trust, have invested, I think, about £30 million pounds in that business now, I think will reap them uh, a decent return. But it also gets them into a part of the property market that Savills are not in. You know, Savills don't really touch anything below a million quid. Yoppa don't do much above a million quid. So okay. it's, uh, it was, I think, a very clever move. I think the only thing they should perhaps consider more is that Savills have made Representations that they don't intend to get involved with the business, as I understand it, Savills don't even sit on the upper board. I think that's a bit odd. I think Savils could learn a lot from the online sector, the same as Countrywide, Foxtons, and others could also, if they woke up, would learn a lot from the online sector: the technology, the marketing, uh, the culture. So I, I think it's uh, it's a very wise thing for
0: Savills to have done. Okay, I've got another. Okay, i got another one for you now. You look like this one? What's your view? <laughs> what's your I like what the your, way you said that. <laughs> well you i j I'm just interested in how you what's your view of this easy property guild of estate agent merger <laughs> takeover I do not I d I don't I don't know what it is really. Rescue Rescue, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Easy property. Rings a bell.
1: Um no I'm not sure i come across them. <laughs> um so <laughs> The Easy Property Guild thing, let me think. Look, I, I think that's a marriage of desperation, if I'm honest. Um, I think the Easy Property brand is one of the problems with that business and the reason that it didn't grow. Uh, to give you a comparison, I don't say this with any smugness, but just as a fact, we listed more properties yesterday than Easy Property did last month. So that's the that's, difference in scale between the how Easy me, how Property many
0: do, uh, can, can I ask how many you listed? Are you able to see
1: out of interest? Uh, so we did twenty-five properties yesterday okay. uh, in listing terms. They did twenty-four in the whole of June. So that's the difference in scale between one online business and another. I'm, I'm just saying that to give you a comparison. The yeah, no, Easy Property brand. The Easy Property brand is is almost all of the problem with that business and the reason that even though they raised thirty million quid, they spent it all pretty substantially on. Uh, huge operational costs and massive marketing, but perhaps look without the execution that they should have done. So I think execution was definitely, definitely, uh, definitely lacking. Uh, but the brand, I don't think, has credibility when it comes to selling someone's home, which of course is a very, very valuable and precious thing. So I think what what the Easy Property shareholders had to do was to find a, a safe harbour, really, and the Guild. Is that safe harbour? The jury, very much, I think, is out in the industry as to the well. What would be the interesting? The outcome, the benefit of what happens.
0: Well, I think I think what they've um, done. I think I think they try to compete with, say, as you say, the the countrywide hybrid model. So I think what might I think. Um, they're trying to give their customer base through the guild the option of an online solution or a traditional solution. I just wonder if you've got—I mean, the guild of estate agents, remember, has got fine and country, which is a quite—you a, know—the the idea of a high-end brand. So, if you've it's got a great a, brand, really good know, brand. So, if you've got a three, four, five million pound house, I just wonder if they are yeah. those customers are going to want to put it on an easy property website, which I think is what they're being asked to do. So yeah so anyway, it's quite be be interesting there, I listen know. i wish i always wish people were success in business you know so i'm just yeah, interested yeah. so you know good luck to them. yeah
1: look, I, I just look. I, I say and look john cook who's now running that business i have a lot of time for a lot of respect for he's a really good guy if anyone can make it work he will but i think they're going to have some issues in terms of culture distribution and indeed look how much money have they got to spend on marketing because if purple Books are spending 17 million pounds this year 17 70 then, 17, 17 So Purple, which has spent about £17 million pounds on TV, PPC, this year. Uh, how will the likes of Easy, with a brand I think that's an uphill <laughs> struggle, how will they compete with that?
0: I don't think they will. Okay. Interesting. Well, I wish them luck anyway. All right, next one. What do you think of age- What do you think of the on-the-market um, site? Somebody
1: else has rings bell, but, yeah. Can't, can't say I've come across them for a while. On-the-market, do, um, do, they on the look-
0: do they not allow
1: you guys on there still? They don't. And look, it's If Ian Springett, who I don't know, never met him, if he had tried to compete as on the market with Rightmove and Zoopla on a level playing field, so if he hadn't elected to have this silly one-other-portal rule, and if he hadn't elected to ban the fastest-growing sector within a state agency right now, which is online and hybrid, then actually I think he could have done a very good job of competing with Rightmove and Zoopla. What he's actually done is paint himself into a corner, so he's now restricted the amount of customers that he can take Uh, And of course, has restricted his appeal because a lot of agents want to have maximum coverage for their customers, i.e. be on Rightmove, Zoopla and potentially on the market, as opposed to having to choose between the two. So I I think the whole whole proposition was was a busted flush from day one, really, which is why they've never really got past their 20% market share uh, penetration in terms of the amount of agents they've got. So I I think on the market will kind of bounce along the bottom for a little while and i suspect what will happen is because they won't have a, they won't have that much money because of course it's fueled by its owner members they will eventually i would think probably demutualize uh, and sell to somebody just like in spring it sold prime location all those years ago so otherwise i simply don't think it works
0: yeah it's no i think I, I i'm a bit cynical actually i think that's what the whole game plan was they wanted to build up another one sell it out and then make a few quid and, well, uh, yeah, and Springer did... says
1: it's not you know it's always going to be a mutual uh... but it simply hasn't worked you know he he, he grew to 20 percent of his state agency numbers and didn't grow beyond that uh and now of course look, they just won the, the first part of their gascoigne you know the connell's gascoigne case yep. in terms of the yeah uh, the move against that one portal rule so they've won the first stage of that but they'd still banked uh, Bet it, I suppose, bet a lot of their agents' money on that court case, which maybe would have been better off being spent on marketing, surely.
0: You see, I think that what happened was that a lot of the agents were, were backing on the market because they complained about the high costs of listing on Rightmove or Zoopla. Now, at, at our commercial agency, we do a lot of work. We're high, very uh, involved in technology, as you, as you know. And I don't think Rightmove and Zoopla were charging agents a lot for what they were getting. And I, if they really knew what was behind it, they would realize that, that it was very good value. And I'm listen, I'm not a shareholder in Zoopla Hall right move, so it doesn't make any difference to me. But I think mm-hmm. that agents who were saying that they want to join on the market to bring down the cost, I think they're missing the point a bit. That's what I thought anyway.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think my, you're right, my, I agree. When you compare Rightmove and zoopla to local newspapers yeah. that we've all advertised in for years and years and years, it's much better value and it's measurable, uh, whereas local newspaper ads really aren't. Um, so, no, I, I'm inclined to agree. I think what the agents involved were looking at is perhaps through, you know, green eyes of envy, if you like, looking at Rightmove and Zupra profits as a percentage of revenue and seeing that, you know, Rightmove will post revenues of 120 million quid and 90 million quid in EBITDA, I think that is their, again, that's, that's their, their problem, that's their issue, rather than what's being charged perhaps for, for individual agents per se. Um, but look, frankly, look on the market, has it worked? No. Um, will it thrive?
0: Okay, really interesting talking to you. I'm going to ask, no. I've got one last question and then I'm going to see if anyone else has got any questions for you before we do our bit about how great we are. Um, are there any new technologies <laughs> affecting your market? that you think are interesting?
1: Yeah, I guess I can start with the things that seem to be hammered home a lot by some, like virtual reality and 3D tours and stuff, which I don't think are a thing, um, because the friction around those things is the hardware. What I think is going to be very interesting for our industry is AI, artificial intelligence. If you can get machine learning to be better than a human being when it comes to potentially, let's say, negotiating an offer, demonstrating what the right price for a home is, uh, various other things that we may or may not be working on at this moment in time, which I can't go into. AI, I think, will be the biggest change for this industry that we've ever seen. So I think that 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 really is property two points, Okay.
0: There's actually one business that I've come across, which I think is going to change the game, which you may have heard about <laughs> you may have heard um, of click to purchase interestingly enough no, have, know, yeah, yeah. that's 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 look that's a side business that we've got and um uh, interestingly enough that's i mean that's to do online exchanges i think we you, i think we've talked about it briefly um interestingly enough we've just Savills have just started running it in ireland so we'll be interested to see how that actually that a market operates there Okay, guys, anything it, that
1: helps the conveyancing process is good by me, because the
2: conveyancing Well,
0: it does actually, a, I mean, forward. again, it's been used primarily in the UK and so far in the commercial market, but it does enable deals to happen very quickly, and it does cut out this gazumping and delays, and, and it puts control in the hands of the agent and the seller, but it also empowers the buyer, because the buyer can make an offer, they can put their money down, and if the agent wants to accept it, they press a button, the deal's done, and that is the way it's all going, actually. There's new regulations around e-signatures. Etc. Etc. We'll have a, we'll have to have a chat about this one day. We'll have to get we'll have to get eMove involved, guys. Sure. Anyone? Anyone um, got any th- questions? Have it in Scotland. I've got a question. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Russell. Um, yeah. Have you have you got any figures in terms of age profile and demographic of buyers and sellers? Are you finding it's younger people or older people or right across the board?
1: Uh, buyers seem to be very. Bearing mind a buyer doesn't choose an agent, the buyer chooses the home that happens to be sold by an agent. So well I must admit, we haven't analysed that in any great detail.
3: I'm just again. more thinking about, you know, embracing technology and everything else. You know, is there is there a younger yeah. people are more likely to embrace technology? Um I mean certainly in the commercial side, we still see in in terms of commercial marketing, a lot of firms are still way behind, I think, in terms of where they should be, which is great from our point of view because we're way ahead, but um, I just wondered, yeah. you know, uh, obviously more, younger people are more likely to embrace technology and do things online.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, we, we have a, an age profile. It's a bit of a, a, a widespread, really, but 35 to 55 is our age profile. So I think there is there is a kind of an early adopter element to people that use an online hybrid agent. Um, they tend to be the people that, you know, used, have been using Amazon for ages, and they use uh, online comparison websites, perhaps more than others. But... But of course, not forgetting that it's very unusual these days, particularly in the Southeast, to have a 25 year old home buyer, or homeowner <laughs> rather, at uh, least not someone at that age that's selling. So I, I don't think we've yet got to what I think is the millennial sweet spot. So in 10 years' time, when those millennials are starting to sell property, uh, then I think that, that further fuels the growth of online hybrid mm-hmm. estate agents in the sector.
0: You know what might be interesting, actually, come that point is that we've all seen it with our kids is that they don't talk to each other they they they're all texting or they're they're messaging and in fact what we found is that and we have a live chat on our website and people engage with you on a live chat they prefer that than phoning you so it's interesting actually you know you've got your so your agents russell do they into how do they interact with people do they do is it a phone email live chat is it
1: yeah, always. So, we're, I mean, phone for sure, email, but we do hundreds of live chats a week, hundreds, with viewers, buyers, existing customers, sellers, uh, people that have got queries on their listing and so on. So, we do hundreds of them.
0: It's such an interesting It's, it's
1: efficient. Yeah, because our operatives can do four or five of those at one time rather than juggling, you know, well, one phone yeah. call. So, it's much more efficient
0: yeah i find it we th- we find it great actually find it really good really good okay dale richard you got any
4: anything you want to ask or yeah, yeah I've got, hi russell I've, I've got a quick question um i think you mentioned earlier that the average value of a home you sell it i think i think you said it was three hundred thousand. um yeah. are you given that sort of the rise in online estate agencies such as yourselves and and the public sort of embracing online agencies are you seeing or expecting to see the value of homes you're selling increasing so that you sort of i don't know if you've seen any movement in the average sort of value where sort of you know people at the higher end of the market are you know as, as people gain confidence in the online model um, whether you're seeing sort of higher end uh, properties being sold as well by agency um, such as yourselves
1: or yeah we've, we we our, our average is is higher than the national average so uh, and bearing in mind we're a national agent, so we're dealing with as much in Leeds as we are in, you know, North London. Um, so uh, the, I guess, look the the fact that our average is 300k, and the average house that's sold in the UK is, yeah, you know, 230ish, 235,000 pounds. Obviously, we're we're kind of ahead there in terms of demographics, should we say, in terms of us selling properties at a much higher figure, so two million plus. It, it's Look, we, we sell a bit more of that now than we did, say, three or four years ago, but it's really not our market. Uh, and I think that market's very different, uh, A, because I think of where the buyers are. So you know, that is much more about picking up the phone and winning people rather than it being you know, predominantly about portals. And I guess uh, it's uh, the people that we would be dealing with and that Savills and Knight Frank and CBRE deal with at five million plus. They tend to be very, very time poor. And quite cash rich, so it's kind of you know um, not not really our market. We're not aiming for it. But it, the, the, and it stuff above two million quid is about one to two percent of the UK state agency market. It's just not worth us focusing on, it, frankly.
0: Uh, Russell, how do people find you? Do they is it, is it do they find your properties through? Are you high on SEO uh, search engines or is it through the portals?
1: Ah, uh, the the properties of buyers predominantly are coming through either our website, which gets hundreds of thousands of hits a month, or through Lightfoot and Zoopla. Sellers are coming through I mean, various channels. We we've got a, a marketing team, kind of, yeah, marketing team that are optimizing multiple channels, whether it be SEO, PPC, various other things. Where we get a lot of traction is through PR. So we get about 200 pieces of press coverage a month, digitally and in print, uh, across you know national and regional titles. So that, that conveys an awful lot of uh, a lot of a lot of traffic and inquiries through to um, to our, our sales team, and um, and also word of mouth. So about 20% of everything we do. Do now 20% of our revenue and our listings on a monthly basis comes from referral and recommendation from happy customers that are telling friends and relatives and work colleagues about us.
0: Really interesting. Okay, good. Any more? Any, any more from the floor? Oh, hold on, unless I... you're muted. Hi. Are you muted? Uh, there you are. Go. Hi, Russell. Yeah,
2: hi there. Hi there. Since uh, in the last twelve months, since Brexit and in and around the election, have you noticed a marked change in the market? Whether it's gone up or it's gone down or hasn't changed, and have you noticed any regions in particular which have been more effective, more effective than others, say the south or southeast compared to the north, uh, or have you noticed it, 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 the market be fairly steady? Uh, Look, I'd
1: I'd have to say, look, if if Brexit has affected the market, if it is Brexit, uh, an uncertainty. uh, I suppose there's a few other factors it might be, such as snap general elections and and all sorts of other stuff. Um, uh, We have been much less affected by it. So our volume of listings has increased over the last 12 months at the same pace as it did the previous 12 months. We're we're ahead in terms of listings, revenue and sales now compared to this time last year. So we we certainly haven't been affected by it. There has been a reduction in volume in the market, particularly in London, for sure. So that's about a 30% reduction in transaction volumes across mm-hmm. the country. Um, but we've bucked that. So, you know, you look at Foxton's numbers, Foxton's are about 40% down. Mm-hmm. In London, we're over 100% up. So despite Nick at Foxton saying fairly recently that online estate agents have not affected his business, you might want to look at the numbers again. Um, because, frankly, look, our growth in London has to come from somewhere. and It must come from the incumbency. So, I mean, look, the, the, the very long answer to your, your succinct question is that we haven't been affected by Brexit, if indeed it is Brexit that's affected what is undoubtedly a slowdown in transactions in overall UK house sales.
0: Hmm, interesting. Do, do, do tell me, do your um, agents, have they come from the traditional high street? Because be interesting
1: how they've the guys, changed. Yeah, the guys out on the road definitely. So they're they're all former high street agents. So you know the the team that we've got in Leeds have all worked in Leeds estate agents for many many years now. Our, our six people out on the road have got who go out on the road have got a combined hundred years experience um, in high street estate agents. But the people that we have in our customer care centre, so the people that are looking after offer negotiation, sales progression, buyer qualification, customer support, we tend not to hire estate agents. We hire people from retail, from other service industries, from charities, and, uh, and people that have a customer service focus rather than perhaps having been um, tainted by working in the traditional estate agency sector.
0: Okay. Really interesting. Really interesting. Hmm. Okay, another question for you. Do you, um, do you attract overseas buyers at all? I mean, I don't know if you're selling investment stock at all, whether it tends to be... Um, Owner you know, occupy stuff. I don't know if you have um, residential stuff? Yeah, I mean, uh, or do you get the overseas? We do. Buys? Yeah, we, we have a spattering of them, but like,
1: we, we're not big on investment stuff. We, we've, we've tried listing a whole lot of sort of student accommodation investment stuff in Salford Keys last year, but it tended to be overpriced, saturated in terms of it being represented by dozens and dozens of agents. So we, we, we. Moved away from that as a bit of a failed experiment, really. So that, that's not really our thing, frankly. Um, you know, the, the new stuff tends to be, the you know, new builds tends to be the target for sort of, you know, Chinese and Middle Eastern buyers, as we understand it. So it's not really our thing.
0: Okay. Okay, good. All right. Okay. When you get, you know when an agent gets um, a couple of people after a property and then they, I mean, you're like, any, you, you've got your team, so I'm sure you react like other agents. You do, let's say you do a sealed bid. All right, you do a sealed bid. How do you do a sealed bid? No, Even, we don't. We you, don't. We
1: don't. So, look, you don't
0: we do that.
1: We, we, stuff like that. It's all very smoke and mirrors. We, we hate all that, you know, putting a, a bid in an envelope. It's all just too murky. So, we, we have a much more straightforward way of doing things. If there's interest in a property by somebody, the offer gets put forward, the buyer gets qualified. If there's another offer that gets put forward, we work with the seller then to say, look, you've got two offers. They're either the same financially or they're different. The buying position's different. Uh, you know, one's got a chain, one hasn't, one's cash, one, you know, needs a 95% mortgage, for instance, we guide the seller to make that choice. Um, we will tell uh, various buyers kind of where they're up to. So if there's there's three asking price offers, let's say, we'll tell all three buyers, look, you're all at the asking price. So it becomes a bit of a Dutch auction, but that's to the benefit of the seller. And and at the end of the day, our obligation, legally and morally, is to make sure that the seller gets the best price possible. So, you know, do we do we push buyers up if there is, Significant demand for a
0: particular property, yeah. We do. I'm ashamed of it. There is a we have to talk to you about click to purchase. We have to talk to you because <laughs> it will do exactly that job online. And it's, I'm gonna come, and I'm gonna, you and I are gonna get together. We're gonna get you talking about that. Can I actually sure. let, let's let's, um, my last question? I'm sure is anyone else? I have
2: another question as well afterwards. Right.
0: Okay, go on, Richard, you jump in.
2: I, I read that, um, uh, in, in in the one of the Sunday papers that there was an agent in a chain doing a deal with Purple Bricks, and he phoned Purple Bricks for an update on the sale of the property his client was selling, and Purple Bricks said we can't speak to you. It's uh, automated. It's in a queuing system. When it's your turn, you'll get a phone call with an update. How does eMove deal with agents? High Street High Street estate agents uh, acting for buyers or sellers in a chain
1: yeah well, because we have our own dedicated negotiators and sales progressors if we need to check a chain we will bring the agent check the chain and note it if someone brings us for a chain check then we'll give them all the information as a traditional agent would do um but that that's one of the big differences between us and purple bricks and yoppa we're a full service agent we're not trying to uh we're not trying to do bits and pieces the visible bits to get the listing uh, we're carrying through the entire process from start to finish uh, as the customer would want us to. So there's, we don't have gaps in our proposition, perhaps, like some of our competitors.
0: Russell, Russell, do you operate in Scotland? Yeah, we do. Obviously, it's a
1: different scenario, particularly from a regulatory point of view and a conveyancing point of view. But yes, we do. I, I wouldn't say we're significant in Scotland. But we do list
0: properties and sell properties in Scotland yeah. Because it's interesting, because Graham, our man in Scotland, who's embraced tech for the commercial market in Scotland, has seen that the, the market really move move that direction, hasn't it? Really, well, certainly with us. Certainly. Well, up, let, let, me, let,
1: let me give you a stat. So in Aberdeen, Aberdeen is one of the biggest users of online estate agents in the country. There is a an over ten percent market share. Of customers using online estate agents in Aberdeen versus um, what Yeah, what we said earlier, which is a, about a 6% rate elsewhere. So there's almost twice as many people in Aberdeen choosing online and hybrid agents versus high-street agents.
0: Interesting. Have you come across that's,
3: that, one, Brian? That's because that's they're tight in Aberdeen and they want to save as much as possible. That's you careful. Careful. We might have to edit that Careful. A bit. Sorry.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. And, you know, I've Nothing got one last question. Uh, Richard, Dale, anything? I've got one last question for Russell. Anyone? Okay, Russell, I've got a question last. Nested, all right. Mm-hmm. For those who, tell me if I've got this model wrong, but the nested model is that they will offer to sell your house in a, as an online agency, but if they don't sell it within a given period of time, they'll buy it off you. Is isn't that, isn't that, I think that's correct, isn't it? Having read their literature.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Matt, Matt Robertson, the CEO of that business, would be a much better place than me to be uh, an advert for his, oh, his cause, business cause model. But, but, it's a very but unusual... it is that. So, so what happens is it's
0: yeah, a they, unusual, they charge a… It's a very unusual online agency model.
1: A, yeah, I'm not sure they call themselves an online agent. really. They, they charge a, a, a percentage fee, so a 2% fee, let's say. Mm-hmm. They will then guarantee to pay you the amount that's an equivalent to a percentage of that. So let's say it's 90 or 95%. After a given period of time, they then obviously take the the balance sheet burden of that property and have to go on and sell it. At the moment, I think they're doing pretty low volume, but I think it's a very interesting concept. You know, one that's been borrowed from the US, you know, as we said earlier, from Open Door and Knock. And I think it's got significant traction in the US. Um, I think, look, it'll be a market led type of model. So I think it will probably do better in a weaker market where people are struggling to sell and therefore perhaps need need funds quicker, maybe to bridge to a purchase or just simply because they need money. But I think it's a very, very interesting concept. I think, look, what Matt would say is this is not about giving people 90% of the value of their home. This is about giving people certainty. Um, but look, you know, it is it, selling through nested, and like, I've got to say this, is selling through nested more expensive than selling through remove
0: Yeah, but I... I see. I would have thought they've got a. I mean, I'm not knocking the business; it's just an observer. They've got a tremendous conflict of interest because if they don't, if they, they I think that if they don't sell it within a month, they then buy it. Right? Aren't they therefore going to try and buy it cheaply? Yeah. I mean, and isn't it in their interest to buy it cheaply rather than sell it? Sell it to well, another. Look, so I, it's a very, I, very. I, I think it's a very.
1: The thing I've seen. Yes, t- it is, but look, it's. It's seller beware, isn't it? Look, you know, the, the seller's going to do their own research. They'll have a load of other estate agents around to value the home. They're going to take what they can take. Um, so look, I think in Nestor's defense, it's not so much about them pulling the wool over people's eyes. It's them, you know, simply saying, look, this is what we think it's worth. Let's market it at that price. If you, you know, if it doesn't sell after a period of time, whatever that is, and I think those time periods are adjustable, actually, or that will certainly be in the future. Then, you know, they give you a price that you can either accept or not. So, the, the commerciality of it is that, of course, I'm sure they'd love to list everything that's worth 500k at 450 The sellers simply aren't stupid. They're not going to let that happen, aren't
0: they? No. I, I, the one thing I've learned, actually, about tech is, and because I go to some of these tech conferences, I actually, I think I'm going to give them a miss for the next 12 months because what I do, you see a lot of ideas in tech which actually are not already um in the, in, in the general economy. And I think the best businesses that are the ones that have literally taken the traditional way of doing things and put them online. I mean, an online agency, you've taken a high street agency, you've put it online. When you change the model, you're trying to change the way people operate. I think that's what where people have, people have resistance. So for example, the eBay style um, auction for property it just hasn't taken off here. I don't think it will take off because you're changing the way people auction property, and I don't think people want to do it that way. So that's that's my view. That's my view. Anyway, so Russell, yeah. you've been a great guest, really interesting, you. and you've had this chat. You've, had, you've been on for ages, right, well, guys? We would tell everyone who's watching how great our agency is. Very quickly. Um. Do you, so so Russell, uh, if I can thank you. Um, what I am um, I would say anybody watching. If you want an introduction to uh, Russell and e-move, please let me know, or Dale, or, or Richard, or Graham. We'll put you in direct touch with Russell, and um, if you want to sell your house, I'm sure he's the place to go. Okay, there you are. There's, you. Our, there's our plug for you, Russell. There's our plug. Thank you okay, very guys, much. Much right, appreciated. Guys, so guys, let's tell everyone how great Singerville is, very quickly. We've had quite a good um, month. The market for commercial property is, Reportedly down, our turnover remains constant. I'm pleased to say we've actually had some good successes. So let's show you what we've been doing. Um, Dale, do you want to talk? Here we go. Oh, can't hear you. Dale, yeah, there you go. Dale? Yep. So
4: look,
0: goes Oxford.
4: <sighs> okay, so this is um. So this is a property we've we've just sold uh, a shop we've just sold in Headington, which is a suburb of Oxford, which is let to a Starbucks franchisee, um, with two months left on the lease. We've just sold this for five percent net initial yield, six hundred sixty-five thousand against an asking price of six hundred fifty thousand. Um, we had a lot of interest selling for an overseas client, sold it to a private cash buyer. Um, we've also just completed on the sale of a health and fitness club in Combran, South Wales, which is long, long in- income, uh, about 19 years unexpired to Nuffield Health, which we sold to a private cash buyer at £3.9 million, 6.3%. Um, and we've also just sold a, uh, a food store investment in Kirkby and Ashfield in Nottinghamshire. Uh, 15 years to the co-op, not an occupation, sublet to the original factory shop at a much lower rent. And that's just sold at £1.69 million, which is 7.6%.
0: Okay, so the market is good. Um, Richard? 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 Should we run through some some of the things on the market that we've got just so people Sure,
2: there's quite a few so I'll just run through them quickly and then anyone can contact us for more information. We're selling a Freehold Neighbourhood Shopping Centre in Peterborough at a yield of 8%, £960,000, majority secured to Tesco. We are selling a petrol filling station in Norfolk, Letton McColls, for another 14 years at 6%, £1.89 million. We're selling a shop in Bromley in the town centre led to Jennings Bet at £835,000, 6.25%. We're selling an office building in a prime city centre location in Sheffield led to Erwin Mitchell, which is just over £7 million, 7.3% initial yield. We're selling two restaurant leisure investments in Croydon City Centre. Uh, the Slug & Lettuce, which is just open following a refurbishment and a Wagamama with 14 years and 18 years unexpired lease terms respectively, 5 and 5.5% net initial yields. We're selling a shop in West Bromwich, let a new look for just under 10 years at £3.5 million. We're selling a co-op supermarket in Ivy Bridge in Devon, let for another uh, 11 years at 6.5%, £2.73 million. A retail warehouse in Scunthorpe let to go outdoors at £2.585 million, 6% with 11 years left. A multi-let office building in Glasgow city centre for overseas clients at £1.88 million, just under 10%. An Iceland in Scotland, long lease uh, with minimum fixed increases in in, uh, in, uh, uh, the rent at £1.1 million, 7% and an Ask restaurant in Swansea at a million and fifty five thousand pounds six percent net initial yield
0: okay and um graham um you've got a couple that you're dealing with i put up here you've got um i put up where are we swansea there's the lush
3: lush lush and inverness well we haven't we haven't been on the hangout since the the monumental general election um result. So uh, I think we're feeling in Scotland a lot better. Um, we think the SNP have been, and I think this is the general feeling amongst all agents in Scotland, that, that independence, whether the SNP admit it or not, is off the table. Um, and, and we think more people will start to look at Scotland having shied away in the last 18 months, um, which it's early days, but uh, one hopes that it will lead to more demand and, and prices increasing. But I think people are going to start looking again at Scotland. This is a fantastic unit in High Street Inverness. Uh, Let to Lush for five and a half years, eight and a half percent uh, yield. And um, it's a great wee shop. And I came out of there smelling beautiful. Um, <laughs> the fragrance is lovely and lush. Um, the, the American Golf and Dundee is under offer. That's due to sale, sell next week um we have just completed on the sale of Tony and guy uh, a single unit in Glasgow city centre on behalf of a, a large property fund that sold at closing date um, for 1.21 million we were asking 1.1 so um, clients delighted with that result uh, and we're, we're generally seeing more inquiries I mean wick in the north of Scotland went on the market and um, it was due to sell this week, having only been in the market for two weeks, uh, selling to a buyer from, from south of the border. So uh, we are optimistic in Scotland and, um, as always, seeking more stock.
0: Okay. Yeah, we've had some... We've certainly picked up, actually, um, as a business, we've certainly picked up instruction, increasing amount of instructions in Scotland. And there's certainly a feeling that... Um, now that the Brexit, as you say, not Brexit, the, um, the ref, Scottish referendums off the table, there's lots of interest in the Scottish market. Russell, you don't do um, commercial, do you? No, never touch commercial. No, we touch some mixed-use stuff, so you know shops underneath
1: flats and stuff like that. But you, not, you know, you? we're not not a agent at all.
0: Would you go into commercial, do you think?
1: Um, it's not my field of expertise. I'd, I'd have to bring somebody in that knows that stuff. Um, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Um, I mean, there's some really good businesses like Reala, who oh, yeah. are both kind of, you know, search side and back office software side. So, um, so Andy Miles, who runs Reala, does a very, very good job of that. So, it, it's not on the radar, really, frankly.
0: Okay. Right. So, the, all I think, look, we've been on, we've been online for an hour. So, just to say, if anybody wants to contact us to get a CPD certificate, I th- please um, get in touch we ought to actually think of a, a relevant question from say half an hour ago, in case anyone, anybody just sort of dials into the end. Um, I know, I've got a quick question. What is the percentage of online sales in Aberdeen? There you are. If you tell us the percentage of online sales in Aberdeen when you drop us an email, we'll send you your CPD certificate. That, <laughs> that came out from there, so that came out from Russell. So we've got sales coming up shortly in, uh, more in Inverness, in the southeast, we've got some co-ops, we've got some properties in Wigan, Leeds and Trowbridge. Um, so even though the market is on, on the whole, at the high end, um, relatively quiet, we're very busy. So please get in touch if you want to buy commercial property. So, Russell, thank you so much for joining us. It's been really interesting hearing about eMove. I wish you lots of success with the business and, you. and you grow from strength to strength. And thank you very much, and, no, and I appreciate Anna, the opportunity. And as and as I said, if anybody wants to an introduction to Russell, please do let us know. So, Russell, thank you very much. Thank you. Richards, thank you. thank you. Graham thank you. Oh, look i I knew something would go wrong. Is post got off. <laughs> Dale? No, I'm still here. I'm still there. Here. okay, okay, sorry. Neil, thank Dale, you. Dale, thank you. Okay, Neil
2: Singer, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, on to the next one. Thank you very much. Bye. Right,
1: cheers.